guys, welcome to Let Me Talk Podcast Season 3, Episode 68. Today's guest, JC Holt, is an actor and creator. She's here today to talk about her early beginnings in the entertainment industry and discuss why she took a break from it and how important it is sometimes to really look inward and ask yourself what you really need and what is best for your mental health. Without giving anything else away, let's get into this episode. Hey JC, thank you so much for coming on Let Me Talk Podcast today. How's everything going? Oh, you're very welcome. Um, how's everything going? I just woke up and made a coffee and it's seven o'clock in the morning and who knew we could be this productive uh, this early? Yeah, totally. I I um have not had a coffee. I've not done anything. I just pretty much woke up and jumped on Zoom. So you're being more productive than I am for sure. Um, you're making a podcast when you just woke up. That's dedication, my friend. <laughs> you got to do what you got to do, right? When you have the time, that's when you just have to put in the interviews, I feel like, because with uni and everything, I mean, I'm sure you would understand there's just not enough time in the day. Mm-hmm. You can um, be like, these people. Yeah. Exactly. Well, we start with a rapid fire on the podcast. So let's get into that. See how you go with that one. Oh, God. <laughs> it's not too hard. I don't know if you've listened to the other episodes, but, um, you know, we've got some people that take forever and some people that are very short and snappy with it. Okay, I'm excited. Let's do this. <laughs> so the first question is um, what entertainer inspires you the most? And why? I'm going to say, okay, does entertainer have to be actor? Uh, no, it can be like across the board. It inspires me the most probably Daniel Day. No, not Daniel Day-Lewis. He looks like him. You know what? Strike that's rapid fire. Drew Barrymore. Okay. Love that. Do you know why? Or you just enjoy? Um, I don't know. Oh. I mean... How often do you see somebody who's been a child actor who's actually stayed famous all around a drug addiction as well and still managed to write and produce her own stuff, you know, in her 40s or 50s? Um, She's incredible. Yeah, and then she now has her own makeup brand and stuff and she's got a really positive message. And it's like she's loof, man, and, like, that's my ultimate in an entertainer as someone that has lived a personal life as well as their entertainment life. I think that's hard to do. So Yeah, Great. for sure. And I think she's like not as like she's got a shirt like her talk show and everything like that. But I don't think you barely see her in like tabloids or like the you know what I mean? Unless she's doing like something or promoting her work on stuff, she still is able to have quite a good like private life, which it's pretty good considering, like, she's been in the industry her whole life. Yeah, like, how do you remain that normal, especially someone who's had a freaking drug addiction at such a young age? Like, that's incredible. Yeah. Insane. Billy Bob Thornton was the guy I was going to say before. I always get him and Daniel Day-Lewis confused. Billy Bob Thornton is also just a genius. I love him. Yeah, I feel like those two are really good choices. Um, mm. The next question is film or TV, what do you prefer to watch? Film or TV? Ooh, TV. Yeah. What are you watching yeah. at the moment? To be honest with you, I'm re-watching Mum, the American sitcom. Oh, yeah. Nice. That's a good one. I like that. It's so good. I really thought when I first saw it that it was just the most craptastic bag of balls. But someone was like, no, you actually have to <clears throat> give it a go because it's Anna Faris. I'm not a big fan of her. And I was like, well, mm. can I be bothered? And they're like, no, really, because they touch on really touchy subjects, but they do it in a very light comedic way. It's actually yeah. really good for people with a history to watch it. And I was like, nah, that show? <laughs> nah, I've watched it. I get it. Now I'm rewatching it because it's just great fun. It's just such a good show. Yeah, I watched the live taping of that. It's so the way they do it is just like so incredible. Like just the fact that if a joke doesn't work, they literally like take that and write it again on the spot. It's just insane. Is that how they do it? That's incredible. Yeah. You need to go. You need to go to LA and watch that. That's, I mean, it's not on anymore, but just any sitcom that's on right now, like it's just, it's crazy to see how 
they do it because they're so like under the pomp and like if a joke doesn't land with the audience like literally like let's rewrite it and let's do it again see what happens you know what I've always found funny about that is isn't the laughing in the background sort of pre-recorded anyway I think so yeah I think they have a laughing track but also like there's they they need the jokes to land with the audience as well so I think it's a little bit of both like a laughing track and then like also the audience laughing that's crazy yeah I didn't even realize that I didn't even know they shot it live it doesn't feel live yeah I know I mean they do part of that part of the shows are live and then if there's anything else they need to film they have like a day to do the other stuff that they can't film in front of the audience so yeah right that's yeah. so cool. Yeah, I've got Pretty to get cool. to LA. I was going to go and do it with like you and Jess and everyone before COVID. Great. I know. You need to do it anyway if you get yeah. over there, watch the sh- sitcoms. Pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and the third question is um, Blockbuster or Indie? What do you prefer to watch? Mm, I'm going to go with Indie. Um, not because Blockbuster's a shit or anything, but, you know, if I have to see an ad – for one more DC Marvel fucking just <laughs> cookie cutter, you know, plastic toy in the bottom of a cereal box entertainment billion dollar blockbuster. If I have to see another one, you know, in the same month pop out for an ad, it's just like, can you please just get the fuck out of my face? To yeah. be honest with you. At least with independent <laughs> films, they've got a lower budget, they've got more to say, they're not scared of the audience, you know, they don't really yeah. have to they don't really have to stick to the tropes and all the PC stuff that the blockbusters have to with independence, more realistic. It's more approachable, I think. So, yeah, yeah I prefer I agree. the messages. Yeah, sure. they also send better messages as well, I think, to be honest, because there's not as big an audience, so the messages are more, they're not as targeted. They're just yeah. sort of like we are what we are. For sure, for sure. Yeah. And the last question is when are you most inspired? Um, honestly, it's, mm. it's an interesting one. Um, when I'm at work, because, um, like most actors out there, I do not like my day job. And, um, whenever I'm at work doing it, I'm like, why aren't I at home writing my other book? Or why aren't I at home trying to make a short film with Zoe? You know, like, <laughs> why am I stuck in my car driving around? Why am I doing this and doing that? And sometimes, to be honest with you, um, I just leave work and just go home and start doing what I need to do because that's actually the best time for me to do it when I'm actually just trying to avoid doing my real job. Mm. And um, I somehow get away with it, which is a little bit weird. But, yeah, that is when I'm most motivated is yeah. when I'm actually at work, hating it. Yeah, because, you know, you have so much time to think as well. Like if you're not busy at work or you have a lot of time to think over what you want to do and what like the projects that you've got lined up that you're just thinking about. Um, so I think that's like a normal place. Like if, if I was working in, I mean, I don't know where you work now, but if I was working back in hospitality, I would do the same thing. Just if you weren't busy, just kind of go over everything and get inspired. Cause it's like, I'm not going to stand there for eight hours and not have my brain doing anything whilst I have to be at this place that I don't want to be at. That's exactly how it feels. It just feels like you're, I don't know, you're holding yourself ransom to yeah. the universe and I hate that feeling of being trapped into something I don't want to do. I'm the worst at it. But, mm. um, yeah, that's when you brainstorm the most too, I think, when you're sitting there, you know, stifled and you're just feeling a little bit like, why am I here? You suddenly come up with amazing ideas that could, you know, get you your next big win that might get you out of this job and you're just like and <gasps> get your phone out you just start making notes and before you know it you've spent two hours of your work day on your phone making notes for a feature film and you're like hmm, when did that happen <laughs> yeah exactly exactly so um what is your like acting beginnings like the early beginnings of getting into acting why did you get into it and um yeah, like was there anything specific that made you be like, yeah, I want to be an actor, I want to be a part of this industry? Um, well, the funniest thing is when I was really small, uh, I was born in 88, um, Adam's family 
came out um, and, you know, obviously hit the world by storm. And Wednesday Adams, um, she was only a few years older than me at the time. And I remember watching her on the TV and I said to my mum, I want to be Wednesday Adams. And she's like, what do you mean you want to be her? And I was like, I want to be her. I don't want to be me. I want to be her. And mum said, darling, that's just an actor. She's not really, that girl isn't really like that. This is all make-believe. And I was like, what's make-believe? And then she explained it to me and she said, and I was kind of upset and she's like, no, but if you wanted to go out there and be Wednesday Adams, you know, you could, you would just have to be an actor. And I was like, what do they do? And she explained actors to me and I was like, I want to do that. But then, of course, the fear of the world, you know, becomes instilled in you and you wake up one day, you're an adult and you're an apprentice mechanic and you're not an actor because you're too scared to face the world. But then um, Wentworth, the TV show, um, mm. the Foxtel original, they um, they started putting out ads for Wentworth on TV and me and my best friend growing up watched Prisoner all the time mm. from the UK and um, we always said to each other, if they ever made a remake, we should be on this just as a joke because we thought it would be fun to be on a prison show. Yeah. And then, yeah, here I am. Um, I just quit mechanics because I knew it wasn't for me and we – me and an ex-partner were just watching TV and we saw the ad and I was like, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna follow through that deal with my best friend when we were like 10 years old and I'm gonna be on that show. And she's <laughs> like, What do you mean? You're not an actor. I'm like, no, I think I'm gonna be one. I think I'm gonna get on that show. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm just gonna do it. And she's like, since when? And then yeah, I spent the next few years working my little tushy off to get on Wentworth. And um yeah, in the end it actually did happen and I did get on the show. And as mm. soon as I got on the show, I took a personal break for other reasons. And here we are. Yeah. And what was it what was it like um being on that and actually like achieving that goal? Well, I actually only got on the show purely because I'd shaved my head um not long before that for mm. a, a personal reason. And um I only went on just as a featured extra because I had a shaved head and they wanted a junkie with a shaved head and they recognised me from the year before mm. when I put in my new headshot that I had a shaved head. So they actually contacted me saying I had a certain look they found very interesting. So, so um, yeah, my manager actually said, look, you're going to have to keep your head shaved for another year while you're on the show. So is it worth it? Do you really want to have a shaved head? Because that's it. No one else in Australia is going to hire you with a shaved head. So you're going to want to really think about that. I was like, okay, I've thought about it. It took mm. about a microsecond and I was like, get me on the show. And she's like, done. And, yeah, yeah as soon as I walked on the set, because um, I was a student at a school already, Tafta, mm. uh, when we met you and Fuzoe. Yes. Um, yeah, that was so much fun those days. I know, um, good. <laughs> yeah, because of our teacher, John, and everything he taught us and everything like that, We, um, I was on the set and I – spoke up a little bit about ideas on what to do after being in the makeup room and getting my face all junkied up mm. and meeting the actors, which already was just utterly terrifying as it is. <laughs> um, hearing them talk about how they want to go home and make dinner and it was like 6.30 in the morning in the makeup chairs. But um, I couldn't get around the hustle and bustle of the place and meeting all the actors. And then once I started actually talking you know, actor speak and not just extra speak. Um, the director actually heard me through the microphone of the second AD and came out and talked to me and actually directed me into the scene. And I worked with him and Kate Atkinson and um, hmm. whoever else was in the scene at the time. And we actually, I did a little bit of acting, wasn't a lot, but it was acting. And hmm. It was an incredible experience. It was terrifying. Um, they taught me how to spit. I had to go outside and aim at a picnic table with the makeup people and get taught how to spit oh my god (laughs) yeah we fake spit and then the director came out when we were doing the scene when I was saying I had an idea about running across the the lens and stuff like that across the frame instead of doing it this way and he's like cool that's a good idea and when you spit try it like this instead if if you're going to run your face across the frame and I was like yeah let's do that and in the end it ended up being a bit part and I got a credit on IMDb for it and the feeling, that feeling, I was like, That's so I can't good. believe. I know, and I couldn't believe that only a few years earlier I just said to somebody on a couch eating burgers at 7 o'clock on a Tuesday night that, you know what, I'm going to be on this show. Mm. And a lot of hard work and a lot of tenacity and a lot of acting classes. Um, it happened, and when I was there, I was, like, pretty much almost throwing up just from nerves. 
<laughs> and the best part is on the way out, um, Sigrid Thornton actually saw me in the corridors and like yelled out my name because she saw me in the makeup room and thought maybe I was a new actor on the show. Mm. And she actually approached me and she was the most warm, friendliest, gorgeous little woman. Her energy was insane. Mm. And we had a good chat and I just told her I was only there as an extra and she's just like, oh, I don't think so. And having someone like Sigrid Thornton say that to you is crazy. a privilege and an honour. And the best part is when I ran down the stairs to get to the car, I looked in the rearview mirror 10 minutes later on the road telling my mum and sister about it and I had black teeth from the camera people, from the makeup people. I was like, great. I had a really good one-on-one personal chat with Secret Thornton with black teeth. That's that's exactly what you want. (laughs) Yeah, you're just like, fuck. But no, that's that's so, that's so, that's so, um, crazy I feel like those things you know when they happen it's such a special moment that you just leave feeling so like content and like just in your mind you're just like I can't believe that just happened and I feel like when you're not not saying that this is all people but of course like when you're in a regular role or something you you get used to the job and and it's just like any one of us would be like you kind of you know there's good days there's bad days when you come on as like a featured extra or something like that, it's just that different energy, that different vibe where you're just like, I'm so excited, I want to do this. And I think like that reg- the regular cast like pick up on that and that makes them kind of, you know, look at their job and feel even and feel more appreciative because I feel like when you get into a job or something like that, you, it becomes like second nature to you so you don't think about how special it is as much as you would if you were like an extra or a featured extra do you know what I mean yeah they do you do get treated very differently when you get on the set as an actor and not just as an extra and I think you're right I think it comes out of your own energy when you're mm. an actor on the show you have a certain confidence and energy about you that it gravitates people even the people that have been on the show for years and yeah I think when they feel that new energy, which they wouldn't mm. often, how often mm. is a new cast member put on a show? Yeah, you exactly. know they do gravitate because you're mm. just excited to be there. Like you probably remind them of them on day one. Yeah, literally, and actors pick up on so much energy. So do like directors and things like that. So I think you coming in with that energy, it was just like, yeah, like this this girl she knows what she's doing, you know. And you had the confidence to also give the director like different ways to do things and stuff and it was good that he wasn't like oh no you know and like kind of don't tell me what to do he was like collaborative with you because that's what that's what the industry is it's all about like collaboration but some people you know when you get to a certain level they don't like people to interfere with their work yeah um they're actually I know what you mean. I've met a few of them like that. Even the teachers that came into school that were like, Mm. you know, we're on this serial and, you know, we're here to teach you this, but they didn't really want to hear what you had to say when you were actually the student. And I get that. (laughs) On the same merit, when you ask them a question, kind of want an answer. Yeah, exactly. um, You know, on the show, it was like $1,000 a minute just to be there, but Kevin Carlin was the director and Fiona Banks was in the next episode I did. They brought me back for um, continuity in the next episode as well and they were both just lovely and so welcoming Mm. and calm yeah like I love directors like that where they just they're human they're just Mm. being human and there's nothing better than a human director I think that's just the best yeah exactly and you know what like being an extra is like whether you're a featured extra or whether you're just a background extra it's so important like and you have to consider yourself an actor as an extra as well like if you're if you're an extra and you're actually wanting to be in the industry and things like that it's such a it's such an important place to be because you it's a time where if you're not being asked to kind of do lines or anything like that and you're just simply in the background it's a really good time to just sit and observe and take direction um, because you just learn so much. Like you can just learn so much. When I did Neighbours, I was like constantly there. Like I was constantly there for two, I think it was like two, three years. I was always there like every fortnight and just like learning so much and not realising like 
taking that home with me but not realizing till later on oh my god like what I did at Neighbours like I'm now putting that into like the way I'm you know people are telling me to walk and stuff like that it's so much easier because I had to do so many weird things as an extra on Neighbours (laughs) like just odd shit like freaking I think I had to like what I have to do one time I literally had to wheelbarrow like around the garden like 10 or so times just keep going around but what it is it's like it's the timing it's the direction of it and and I just think even if you are an extra like there's no saying that you're not going to get an extra something different on the next day or the next day do you know what I mean like if some if they want you to be featured extra at one point there's no saying that you're not going to be able to do that because they're going to see you constantly being there for like every fortnight or every week on their set they're going to get to know you and you just never know like I, I know people that have been extras that have become like regular cast members just from being an extra so I feel like yeah never say never yeah extra work has always been something of an odd topic for me as well personally like I agree with wanting to be there every day and hoping hoping to get noticed kind of thing but you just got to wonder as well like how much time spent on extra sets are you spending on a set instead of at home creating your own destiny there's a yeah, fine line. 100% I just think like I would rather do that if that was like consistent work than like these shitty jobs but um, yeah if consistent definitely 100% because you actually don't get paid bad either like I think when I was at Neighbours I was getting paid like like it's like $25 an hour but if that was every day that would be like pretty decent I would just choose to do that over any other job really because neighbors wasn't even that hard like neighbors was easy and then when I did my internship like people like remembered me from doing extra work and I hadn't done extra work on neighbors for years um before I did my internship and then that's a whole different side of it too like just seeing how just seeing the production side of things as well it was just completely it was mind-blowing. I mean, that was a time when it was kind of shaky and they they, I wasn't as known if they were going to stay or not, but um, it was just still amazing to see and even just sitting back and having cats with like a long serving director, it's just, yeah, it's, it's insane the way the TV industry works here too and I could only imagine what it would be like being an extra or doing an internship on like an American show that would just be insane that'd be a whole different bag as well but it's funny you said that about um getting to know the directors more like chats like person to person and stuff like that I do remember one thing not being behind the scenes but you could feel in the air when a show was being questioned about a new season Mm. you could feel the tension in the air from the um all the crew and the writers, the actors a little bit because they were like, I don't want to leave the show, but they knew they had no saying in it. Mm. But you would see directors and writers walking around with a little bit more seriousness in their face and, like, they had a mission to do, like, we are getting another season. And it would be very, um, I don't know, just very awkward on the set, like walking on glass and eggshells. Like you would, you'd see them all like burrow together. You'd, you'd overhear a second AD say to somebody else, oh yeah, they just got out of a meeting and it doesn't sound good. And then you'd Mm. be like, my God, like this is actually real. Like they could lose another year of income, you know. Literally. And imagine like being on something like Neighbours or being like crew member on Neighbours for like literally years. Because some were there, some have been there since like it first started in the eighties, and then like, um, you know, slowly seeing things kind of diminish, and um, you know, I wasn't there for long, but across the years that I was there, and then when I did my internship, the amount that had changed from when I was doing extra work to then coming in in like I think it was twenty eighteen or whatever or seventeen, I don't know, doing my extra my internship, it was like fuck, like this place the place has changed, like the mood, the kind of, and it was still like people were still wonderful and everything like that, but you could tell that like people were like on edge a little bit or, you know, things had just changed and like the energy had just shifted from a a secure TV show to people just in limbo every single day. 
Yeah, you can actually feel everyone's heart slowly breaking. It's sort of melancholic as if it's like the last year of school or like those couple of months before you finish a year of school and like everyone's all excited and everything, you know, summer holidays. But at the same time, when you get to the last week or two of school, people do start getting a little bit like, I'm going to miss it though. And because they know they won't be back for six weeks and they're like, you know, when I come back, we're going to be in a whole different year level. It's scary, like, knowing you have to go into a harder year level the next year as well. Mm. And, like, people would just start gravitating towards childish behaviour as well just because it's like, shit, next year we're going to have to actually be older. We're going to have to be in VCE. It's yeah. the same feeling. It's a melancholic sadness, and I think they get that on sets when their jobs are being questioned like you can feel them all doing it I I was actually there um on one episode of Wentworth they were filming when it was like that in the air and we Mm -hmm. they didn't know if they were going to get a season seven and then because I was on season six and then um somebody walked out and they just started clapping and somebody else walked out behind them and started clapping and they all just started jumping up and down Mm -hmm. and someone was like what what and one of the other extras was like, I think they just got renewed. And they were like, ladies and gentlemen, we just got renewed. It's like, oh, bless. That was yeah. so happy. And what like, they do, I think they had, what, how many seasons? Nine or ten? I think they ended up finishing on um eight, I think. We're actually watching the final season at the moment, me and my best friend, funnily enough. I haven't I know, watched like, it. I need to watch more. it. But I um did a course with, um. let me get the bloody thing up. <laughs> I did of course. Well, I know Jane um, Hall's in it, and I did, I did a course with her recently. She's awesome. Who? Do you know Jane Hall? Yes. Yes. I'm. I don't know what who she played, but I think it was because I haven't watched it. But she would have only had a small character because I barely remember her too. I think she was like a lawyer or something on it. Hen- Gosh, she's such a doll, isn't she? She's great. Um, and I also had um. Katarina Malesvik as a teacher. Malesvik. Yeah, Boomer. Yeah, yeah. She was yeah. she's a cool she's a really good teacher, like because she's got like um NIDA training and she's just like I don't know. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's I feel it like they're different good. teachers when they have when they have NIDA training. Like just because I feel like they they learn in such a different way and learn different techniques. And then when you get taught by them, I don't know, just some things just make more sense when they teach you. When if a teacher that isn't specifically like um, technically trained or whatever, sometimes it doesn't click. But yeah, she just came into the class like because we had Jane Hall, but one day Jane Hall was sick or whatever, so she came in to replace her for that one day. Interesting. Yeah, it just like some things that she made you do, like with the punctuation and stuff in the scripts and how important it is. Just like you just realize you're like, oh my God, like I, it's so true. Like it just, whenever, whatever the like full stop is or whatever it is, like if you follow that or you practice with um, really focusing on the punctuation, like things start to shift when you're learning the script. So, it's insane, Wait, but it was interesting. So was she saying to you that you need to watch the punctuation harder? Well, or to, just- well, to everyone, not not just me, but, like, just to kind of um, to do it differently and, like, to give yourself something else when you're practising versus rehearsing it in the same way. Like, the punctuation will guide you and just if you do, if you practise it or rehearse it one way with really focusing on, um, the punctuation it can like make it it can make the script and elevate the script um that you're learning so it's insane but yeah right. it was really interesting I feel like yeah I haven't had many teachers that from NIDA like did NIDA training but when you get them you just realize some of like just how much they must learn in that three-year period that they're in full-time full-time yeah. acting school i think they do they have a stricter way about them as well i think because they come from strict training they have a strict way of training even though they're not technically you know they're not being rude or anything but they can they're very intense on what they teach and how they teach it yeah if they um if they've come from that kind of background and i love that i think like a lot of students hate it and they actually start acting up a bit over it but it's like well guys 
you want real training and you want to call yourself an actor, mm. you're bored because uh, imagine what a set's going to be like. And these people that don't have never been on a set, so they don't really get it. That's like, yeah. okay, well, the real acting world is going to eat you alive, my friend. Because, you know, exactly. there's always one or two people in acting class that, <laughs> they just question everything and kind of ruin it. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. And they, like, try to, like, get everyone on their side. And it's like, um, no, I feel like you just just the ones that just can't take criticism. Like, if it's constructive criticism, they can't take that. Oh, yeah. And then they um just kind of ruin it for you. It's like, dude, if you can't handle that, you're not going to survive. Like, you're not going to be an actor. Surprise, yeah. surprise. It's been years and these same people are nowhere to be seen in the acting world, so it's like, there you go, there's your answer. Yeah. The ones that wanted to be there are well and truly on TV now and you're like, oh, funny that. Yeah, exactly. Well, let's get into like your kind of um, shift from acting, going back to school and um, like redoing, like doing VC and then now you're at uni. What kind of? What kind of propelled you to kind of do that as well as, you know, still pursue acting? And then what what was like the thing to be like, hey, like I want to do VC now and I, I want to go back to uni? Well, funnily enough, the thing that pushes you out of the area that you were in um, you're, is also the one thing that pushes you back in. Mm-hmm. Um, the only reason I even went to get my VC certificate was because um, of the green card lottery the US. Mm, okay yep yep yeah Yeah, we had friends back at school that you know as well that ended up winning them and um they ended up going to school with you and um Jess and everyone else and Mm. I just thought well you know if the universe has that in the cards for me may as well enter but um by the time I entered the second time around I was no longer um valid to enter because I didn't have a educational certificate and so I was Mm. like well you know what it's been something that's always upset me my whole life that I never graduated school because I dropped out twice, funnily enough. Um, and I was just like, well, you know what, if it's been beating you for 20 years and you keep having dreams about it, which I did, you know, something in the universe is telling you to just go back to school and I can go back to school. And so I yeah. did. I just went back. Um, I lost a loved one um, in a very traumatic way um, and then, you know, having them as a guide after that was, and them pushing me to go finish school, it was kind of the only thing that kept me going during that period of time. And yeah. I'd already quit Wentworth by then because of this person. So I wasn't acting anyway. And I wanted to go back to it when I was emotionally ready. And then, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I just wanted to get over to LA. And then as soon as I got my VC certificate, it was the end of um, 2019. And we all know what happened at the end of 2019. <laughs> COVID. Yeah. So mm, that was fun. Yep. Yeah. Long time. So oh, um. Wow. So you actually, how long did it take you to finish VCE? Like going back. Like how long does it actually take? Um. It doesn't take much time at all. Um. And to be honest with you, I didn't bother doing my exams because you only need them for an ATAR, and I didn't care about an ATAR. I just wanted mm. a certificate to get overseas. That's I was very narrow-minded back then, and yeah. I didn't even consider uni because my whole life I've never thought I was smart enough to go. And my dearly departed sister, she didn't actually finish uni either. She, she took a permanent gap year because she couldn't handle it, so I just thought if she couldn't do it, I couldn't do it. Mm. And so um, it only took seven or eight months full-time like year 12 years if you don't do exams and by then I'd had enough of work and I'd had enough of working five jobs to try and pay rent and stuff and I just had enough so I just gave up moved in with my dad and Mm. um just went screw it I'm going back to school and I did and it was honestly one of the funnest years of my whole life yeah and um it was very easy I didn't realize that once you get older your brain your consciousness is expanded it's a lot easier to learn and um because yeah, you also but- don't have the distractions of like your friends or other things going on in your life as a teenager then I mean you have things going on as an adult but not in the same capacity as a teenager like tell me about it you know like as you know the one thing that could kind of ruin you know what you've been building as a teenager it could take one second and then you know everything kind of just goes haywire and you're not focused on what you should be at that point but as an adult you you know you have many more ways and how to manage things if they happen and 
and yeah. to to not get sidetracked. Um, I know in what you're doing. So that's it's, yeah. I didn't realize it only took seven eight months like full time. Did they just kind of combine year eleven and twelve? Yeah, I mean, I already did year eleven anyway, but. Oh, the- okay. The thing is, when you're an adult, you only need year 12. Like, they don't care if you didn't do year 11 either because by the time you're an adult, you can handle writing an English essay. Like, Yeah. You know, granted, a lot of students at my school, they didn't do very well, but they didn't study and they worked full-time around it and they just wanted their certificate as well. And some of them almost failed. So it's harder than you oh, wow. think. I, yeah. I got told it was really easy, but I struggled as well. Because to be honest, I was partying like crazy because, you know, <laughs> you only live once energy, right? Did you do it at TAFE? No, no, CA in the city, the Centre of Adult Education. Oh, wow. It okay. Is- so, you like, there's an actual place that you go to? Yeah, oh, yeah wow. CAE. There's, they're all adults doing BCE over there for all these different reasons and they were fascinating. The people you meet at adult educational schools are fascinating. We you could totally one- make, like, a TV show out of that. You should just do that. Like community, but like better. yeah, like something like I don't who 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 see has it. There's n- I've never seen a TV show where you like adults at school apart from like people in the college or something. But that's like different. It was actually as entertaining as it would be on a TV show as well, because really, um, if you think about it, all the different reasons that you might have to go back to school, everyone was there for a different reason, and mm-hmm. you had twenty year olds that were super intelligent you're going how did they not finish school are you serious but it's only because they're actually not an Australian citizen even though they've got an Australian accent and you're like what they're doing it to get permanent residency and then you've got the 50 year old retired (laughs) man from Singapore who's adorable and Mm. just wants to be there to learn and he's fascinated by everything they say in class simply because he hasn't worked in a job that expanded his brain in 30 years so he was just obsessed with being there and then you have the beautiful boy who's someone on the spectrum who is also a genius Mm -hmm. and he isn't interested in making friends and he's extremely rude but then by the end of the year you get to know him and you know that he's actually just a sweet soul who's just very misunderstood and you know there are so many interesting people at that school yeah and yeah I think you're coming up to I think you're coming on to something I feel like you need to you need to expand that. You need to – that would be interesting just thinking here. I'm like, hmm, very interesting. You, you should do something with it. Or all the people that you meet at school, adult school. Yeah, literally because it's such a different world. You know, you see so many – you know, you see so many teen shows and stuff just with the normal kind of high school experience, I guess. But mm. with, you don't see that. You don't – that's very – that's actually I feel like would be interesting to – producers and things like that it's totally a different idea and you don't realize until you actually are in back at school as an adult how many other adults are doing the exact same thing as you but what's what I find really sort of annoying is that that was VCE and everyone was at school because online wasn't a thing back then because COVID hadn't struck yet Mm. and what's a little bit shite now is that I'm um, on my second year at uni and when we were doing it online, all the people in the class were my age and older. And I was like, sick, uni is great. I'm around other adults who want to, you know, broaden their mind too. This is amazing. Mm. This isn't retail. But then now now that COVID's finished up pretty much here and I'm back at uni, everyone there has got pee plates on their car. And I'm like, yeah, I'm too old to be here. So all the adults are only doing it online because they feel how I feel. But unfortunately. Yeah, well, you, man, I feel like I'm old too. I'm the oldest in my class at uni too. And I'm like, oh. No. isn't it just so depressing but at the same time you kind of look at those kids and you smile and you're like you're so you're so funny because you're exactly what I was like only 10 years ago and yeah. they just got this massive chip on their shoulder but you know deep down they're just terrified and it's yeah. just so cute to watch them it's like oh mini me but you can't say it to them because I think you're an arsehole but um <laughs> it is so entertaining you- watching them so you like you kind of left acting when you did the when you started doing VC and things like that again. Was there a reason why you left acting, or was it just like could you have done VC and still like done acting, or did you just need like a full break from it? Yeah, I needed a full break because the problem is, like every actor out there knows that you will 
you'll work three, four jobs, you'll still audition, you'll still have to learn scripts every day, you probably do classes on top of that, mm-hmm. and you're probably lucky to get six hours sleep every night, and you'll work seven days a week. And that was my life for about five years when I was full-time acting, back when I met yeah. you. And then, yeah. <laughs> you know, there, there only needs to be one big shit thing happening for your whole world to just crawl, like fall down, and that's what happens. So when my sister got diagnosed, mm-hmm. I was on Wentworth and I wasn't even on Wentworth yet actually and I was just, I was in a film shooting every day and I was just devastated and then they, um, she just was just like, no, you're not going to stop. I want you to get on Wentworth. This is your dream and you belong on that show because she loved it too. And yeah. um, so I was like, I can't, I can't mentally handle it. And she's like, you can, cause I'll be fine. I'll get into remission. Mm. So she's the only thing that kept me acting. Cause she was like, you're giving me like life and hope by coming yeah. back home and telling me all these stories about your day. And she was helping me audition, which is really cute. <laughs> so, and I just knew that, you know, if anything did ever happen to her, then I would need a break. And yeah. Yeah, by the end of Wentworth, um, the season I was on, she wasn't getting any better, so I just mm. needed needed to be with her. And then that obviously takes, see, I'm even talking about it now five years later and I still can't hold it together, but mm. it takes a serious part of you. And Definitely. Yeah, I just needed a few years to, you know, find life again, to be honest, because I almost died in the process too. And um the last thing you're going to do is read scripts, analyze them, go to an audition and get told you didn't get the gig, Yeah, you know, day after day when you're already a crawling corpse. So, you know, mm. you're just like, fuck it, I need a break. You, you need to heal from something like that. And that's when, and VCE was just something I kind of had to do to get to LA because my yeah. sister actually wrote in her will, she left me a small sum of money and actually said in the will, this is for LA, so mm. you're going. So in order to get a green card and actually live there, mm. uh, it was VCE. So I didn't think I was ready to go back to school, but I knew at that point that I had literally nothing left to lose. So I was like, I'm doing it for my sister. Yeah. And, yeah, when I went back, I realised everything that was important. And what was your question? Like, why yeah, did you I, Yeah, I mean, well, you, you, you pretty much answered it basically why you – did you think you had to kind of leave acting because you were doing the VCE or did you just need a break? So you pretty much answered it. Like I feel like, you know, as as artists, like I, I heard something, I can't remember who I was who I was listening to. I think it was Cole Sprouse actually, like because I listened to um, a podcast. <laughs> it's called Call Her Daddy and he was like, as artists, <laughs> we're all pretty much like, you know, fucked up people essentially. Um, people that have gone through so much or people that are just not troubled or anything, but just you've just gone through shit, you know, and we're, we're not, you know, your average person, um, yeah. which I think is like it's true, so true and also not. Like I've se- I have so many people that are actors that are, you know, normal family life, normal this, normal that, just, you know, they just genuinely want to be actors. Mm. Uh, then if you think about it like the majority of people have that are artists or whatever have if you actually have like a one-on-one conversation with them you're just like all right man like you've gone through you've gone through so much as well and there's so many artists that are out there that are like that and you with everyone nearly everyone you can that you speak to has has taken a break you know or or kind of left acting and done something or are doing other things aside from acting and I I can't remember who I spoke about this I think it was my manager who like they came on and I was like I think it's super important to have other things that you're doing as well and not just you know have acting like even if it's something else that's creative like this podcast or just you know I'm at school now for entertainment journalism like it's still creative or whatever still in like a similar industry but it's something outside of acting that um, is becoming more and more of a passion of mine and I didn't know that, you know, and I'm, I'm assuming like with VCE you were able to kind of expand and realise like other things that you might be interested in as well. 
Yeah, that actually did happen. Um, funnily enough, I never got the green card. I even entered and I realised that it was never about that. The green card was something that had to send me to school to find that um, I couldn't read for such a long time because I couldn't sit down and concentrate. I think I have ADHD that's undiagnosed as well, which is fun. But um, when I went back to school and I sat down and had to read a whole novel in three days, I did it and I was like, mm. this is weird. And then before I knew it, I'd written a whole bunch of English essays and gotten A plus and I was like, that's weird. <laughs> and didn't even realise I was actually a really good writer and it was like, huh, never knew that was in me. I guess because, yeah. as you said, when you're a kid at school, your whole life is just your social life and your friends. And I was in the closet in high school and yeah. I was always dying of a broken heart and I didn't tell anyone about it. Like trauma, right? So yeah. it's like That's what I mean, actors and creators, you're just like we're trauma we're trauma. We're just we're full of trauma. <laughs> we're full of total trauma. In whatever way we've been traumatized in one way or another. Like there's just a lot there. There's a lot there to unpack. Yeah, I think actually what's funny is acting is the one thing, it's sort of like a um, balancing beam. Like some mm. of the most wounded people in the world are actors, but at the same time the acting industry and acting in itself can also make you traumatised at the same time mm. because you're constantly being pushed, pushed away, pushed away. And then when you finally get your break and you have to do a heartbreaking scene and you have to relive something or you have to feel that, fight or flight situation in front of a camera just to make a good scene and then no one teaches you how to get out of that yeah. that mind space and that feeling sure. once you've finished which is something I'm considering doing being an acting teacher is because now I'm an avid freaking spiritualist and a half from the break I've had and <laughs> I think it's really important to train actors not to stay in your head when you've shot and to actually cleanse your body oh, yeah because that's the kind of stuff that takes good people like Heath Ledger. No one trained him how to get out of the Joker's head. It's full. Um, it's it's an intense feeling. Oh my god! Like it's terrifying. It's actually terrifying, and it's on camera, and the whole world is seeing it. Like mm. people don't understand how much of yourself you're actually exposing when you're acting. All they see is someone entertaining, but it's so much more than that. Like the other day, I actually saw someone. Like, I was like, just um. It came up on my feed and it was like why do, like people were commenting about actors getting paid so much money and like it's ridiculous. Oh. And I was like, dude, but like these people are like for majority of their lives for set five, six days a week, they are playing someone else and that person might be the most like, you know, hardest kind of challenging depressing person they character they have to play and that so many actors are like you know your your body knows that that's not real but your mind doesn't mm. so it's kind of like your body your body is like all good because it knows that this is just you're putting you're, you're playing pretend but your mind doesn't know that so if you have to grieve someone for like someone in if a character has died in that in that tv show and you have to grieve them for two three weeks um because you're filming episodes um after they've passed away then your mind doesn't know that that's not real so you're Mm -hmm. essentially you're grieving you're going through the whole grieving process but it's actually not real so it's like of course these people they also have to like they have to put them their bodies in like compromising positions you have to do so many things as an actor and i'm like the, the paycheck is valid the paycheck is very, very valid. Yeah, you actually put your body through a lot more trauma than the average person going to work during the day that says these kind of comments. Like I have run across somebody when I used to work at a supermarket um, who spent every day bagging groceries, and that's okay if that's what she wants to do. But then she turned around to me and said, as a, a working actor who was never sleeping, mm. um, who was going to the gym every day, working out in the morning, trying to keep myself physically fit to handle being on set, you know, the next day, you know, constantly working. And she said that actors get paid too much. And I just said to her, well, don't you want to pay a rise for bagging groceries? And she's like, because what I do is real work. I'm like, why is it real work? Putting like a a litre of Big M in a bag, yet me going to the gym this morning, spending my entire lunch break, learning lines, 
having breakdowns every five minutes, getting told every second day that I didn't get a role, even though I was perfect for it and constantly being shut down. I don't deserve to get paid a little bit more because of that. Mm, yeah. And she's like, I'm not talking about you. You're, you're lovely. You deserve everything you get. But these actors on TV, they get paid, you know, a million dollars an episode. What the fuck have they done lately? And I'm like, you don't know what they had to do to get there. I believe that everybody in this industry is getting paid what they deserve. And if I only get paid $37 an hour to go on set later today, that's all I'm worth right now. I'm okay with that. Mm. And she's like, well, you shouldn't be. I'm like, what are we going to do about it? That's not the point. The point is you don't understand. So don't act like you do. And yeah. unless you've been in the industry, go be me for a week, come back, see what you say. And she's like, oh, you think acting's hard? I'm like, yeah. Do you not think it's hard? And she's like, of course it's not hard. And I'm like, spoken like a true actor. And she's like, what do you mean? I'm like, don't even worry about it. Because there's some people you just can't, you can't even, you can't even be bothered yeah. listening to them. And it's like, you're the exact reason actors are the way they are, people like you. And it's sad. It's really sad. Exactly. Because they don't see the background, you know, where, you know, and sometimes them being ignorant, you know, that's, you know, it's kind of not their fault as well because they're just like, well, it's just lines and going to set and just being present. Like even when people were like, um, I don't know, I was just, I think I was like, I watched Alvis and, you know, the amount of criticism that, you know, you leave a movie and the amount of things that you hear from people just talking shit because they don't know anything about the industry. But it's so frustrating because it's like Austin Butler, like he done one of the best performances that I've like ever seen in terms of someone playing a real person and he put in so much effort and for two, three years like was literally living in Alvis's shoes and around his things and everything like that. And then you just hear comments like, oh, yeah, that was pretty shit. He did a shit job. <laughs> and yeah, I was mate. like, mate, like, or they just keep going on about him having, like, the accent or whatever and his voice and stuff. It's like this guy has been has has been in this in the shoes of a person who was so influential in to America and the rest of the world. He's had to live like him and be like him for three years. Of course, he's going to adapt some of his habits and his voice or whatever because he had to do that and he had to do that for three years and it's not that easy to just change a habit. Like, you know, he's he's it's become a habit for him now. Mm. And so when you leave the cinema and you just hear people talking shit, I was just like, oh, my God. Like I could get into a massive argument with these people now and it would be like knocking like knocking my head against a brick wall because it just won't ever change. Yeah. That's why, like, when you talk to people like that lady, like, it's kind of like, oh, it's a losing battle because she's she thinks it's simple. But if she were to then go and try and be an actor, she'd be like, oh, she'd probably come back and be like, yeah, you were right. Yeah, and I think the other thing there as well is that, you know, that guy, that's three years of his life of himself that he'll never get back and mm. that's, the authenticity wasn't there for three years for him. I mean, mm. if people would actually stop and think about that and just say to somebody, what if you hadn't been doing this for the last three years and you've been in someone else's head, how would you feel? And they're just, they don't know what to look at you and say because they're never going to be in that situation. But it's like, yeah, well, that's what actors have to do. Mm. Like poor Heath Ledger, he had, he had to be a psycho for how long? And then eventually mm. the hardship from that, you know, it took him. And it's just like, hmm. And they get paid too much. Funny that. Yeah. But, yeah, but, I yeah. think it's super important to kind of learn healthier ways to get out of a character. And, yeah, I think it's important even to have that on set, to have someone that does that on set. Like as soon as the actors get off, if it's like a heavy day or someone, you know, or that, you know, their mind is in a heavy space from the character, I think it's super, yeah. super important to have someone like that on set to know that knows how to do a whole routine to get the actor out of that character. I was actually um, I was shooting something just last year because I've only just recently got back into acting and I was fortunate enough to get cast in a short film based around the Manus Island um, mm. refugees and stuff like that, asylum seekers. And um, I won't talk too much about it because it's not released yet, but Pretty much um, I had a little bit of an emotional moment on set because I had my extreme close-up when I was devastated watching somebody in front of me get hurt and mm -hmm. they were like, 
they were really intense, these directors, and they were just like really find it, like really find it. And they made me do it over and over again. And then the one time I was like, you want me to really find it? They were like, yes, I do. I thought about my sister. And then Mm. when I got told that she wouldn't live through the night, which was a dumb thing to think of, it wasn't worth it. But the scene was beautiful. And but as soon as I yelled cut, I walked off. It was very quiet and I just Mm. had a fucking breakdown. But fortunately enough, they hired a a lot of people on set that were somewhat spiritual or like emotional counsellors and one woman kind of stopped me who'd gotten to know me throughout the week and I was going to quit after this shoot anyway Mm. to try and get the book that I'm writing on the shelves. I was just going to quit acting and she actually stopped me and she was like, let's go have a talk. And she actually ended up being a healer and she did some breath work with me and I was fine like five minutes later. And I was like, huh, that was incredible. And, like, that's what they need on a set. They need healers. I think so. I think it's just super important like for the actor's mental health and yeah I just feel like you can't there's so many so many roles that I've seen I'm like I wonder like if they had the support the the support afterwards because Um, the amount of intense scenes that I've seen some actors do on tv shows or movies or whatever and I feel like you know if it's a tv show your character's developing, they they develop your character in a certain way. Um, And if that character is always constantly doing heavy things, heavy scenes and emotional scenes, it takes even more of a toll on the actor than the movie because in the movie you your character you know you're only going to be in that character for like 30, 30, 40 days or however long it takes to shoot the movie. But a TV show, you don't know how long you're going to be in there because you don't know how long you know, you you can be signed on for seven seasons or not, but like, you know, it's. I feel like a TV show is a completely different ball game because you're you're constantly going to be in that for a good good amount of years. I know that's why I love. Um, you said before in that question, film or TV. That's why I love TV because it's a, a bigger overarching story. And my motto, everyone that knows me, um, is it's all about the story. And like that's why I love. Um, TV it's because yeah. it is an overarching story and yeah watching characters develop for me is more entertaining than the actual plot itself and you yeah. don't get that in those Marvel movies like what one guy will have one moment and you're like oh congrats guys you hit your quota for the day <laughs> yeah I'm not a fan of the Marvels I understand it I get why people are like obsessed with it but mm. I just don't like it not that I like it's it's amazing work and the actors and the stories and all that like it's really amazing yeah. and the and the design the set design and everything like that is great mm. but I just don't gravitate towards it I feel like if I'm going to watch a movie I need to be able to gravitate yeah. towards it in whatever way it is and I think a lot of the indie films that I watch I'm like this is like amazing I love it yeah like I I don't hate the blockbusters and stuff but yeah they don't give you the same the mm. same and indie does like you know i did enjoy like that miss marvel movie that came out a few years ago with the blonde chick i don't know her name i enjoyed that because that was really well done and you know mm. she had a lot of depth as well but then you know there's other ones and it's just like i can't be bothered they're great yeah. but can't be bothered you could be yeah there's an audience that... for them 100 percent, and then yeah. just like there's a big audience for like um you know harry potter and things like that and they're blockbusters mm. they're they're different types of blockbusters. There's still, it's still a blockbuster, and it's still mm. something, and it's still an experience. I think if you go to the movies, you want it to be a bit of an experience. So I think, um, yeah. yeah. But I think what you've spoken spoken about today is super important. Like just taking a break and stepping back from the industry is, you know, in whatever way you have to step back, or if you choose to step back, I think it's okay. Like nothing is going to happen because I've seen so many times it's like if something's meant to be, it will always come back to you. Oh, I know, right? And it's like, you know, we said before going back to VCE, you found, you know, you could write stuff like that. Now you're doing entertainment journalism. I think everybody, every actor has said it, there's just not enough work. And you know Mm. what? I remember you and Jess and other people in class saying there's not enough work, but you know what? There, There could be some. You know, yeah. how about you, you got to make your, your own work at the end of the make day. If there's not, exactly. there's not, there's so many things that we can do. 
there's so many people that we know that we can collaborate with, that we can come up with a really sick idea and you just don't know where the hell that's going to go. And that's the thing. If you just keep working and doing it and putting in the work, whatever you do every day or whatever you want to do um, to kind of elevate your your training or whatever you want to do, you yeah. just got to keep doing it because everything will come back around. If you need to take a break, take a break because if – if that's truly what you need and that's why you're not being as productive as you can or why you are in in a space of like, I don't know if I can do this, take mm. a break because that means yeah. you you can give your mind a rest and you can do other things in that mean in the meantime and just and figure out if acting or being in the industry is really what you want. And if it isn't, well, it's not going to come back around. But if it is, then it's always going to come back and it's going to be stronger than it was before. Yeah, I think after taking a couple of years break and then going back last year and thinking I was quitting um, and having a somewhat very famous Aussie actor tell me that he thought I was incredible and I should keep going, mm. that was enough to keep going. And the thing is that it's funny now that I'm back at uni and I was doing literature, I was bored out of my brains because I'm a creator at the end of the day and you don't get to create much in literature, mm. um, ended up just deciding that, I'm just going to go back to film and TV and actually do writing for film and TV as well because why not? And you know what? None of that, making your own work, writing for film and TV, none of that would have been an option if I didn't just take a break from the industry as an actor because as an actor you're so closed-minded. Mm. You've just got, you've, you're so hungry to get that role, that one role that's going to break you away from your job, that's going to set you up, that's going to give you what you need it's going to propel your career. It's that one role and you live and breathe that moment and you wake up every day for it, but you don't realise that there is so much more that can be done to get that one role. You don't need to just work your butt off 100 hours a week and burn yourself to the ground like I did. Yeah. If you just go to uni and spread your wings a little bit, you'll find that maybe you're going to be the reason that you take off. Maybe the power isn't actually in anyone else's hands and it, you've held it all along. You wouldn't have known that exactly. if you didn't just take a break. So I think if you have any listeners that are burnt out and not sure where their career is going or what they're going to do, I know it's the most terrifying thing in the world to take a break when you're actually beginning to pick up like I did with Wentworth. Mm. But you, if your body is telling you you need it, you need it because Definitely. all that's going to happen is you're going to keep pushing, you might not get anywhere or you'll get the role and you'll collapse and you won't actually be able to do the job. Yeah, so, definitely. Definitely. Yeah, I think Crazy. there's a lot to say for people that have the balls to stop acting for five minutes just to either heal or go back to school. Mm. They're gutsy. I think that takes more guts than getting up every day and just hoping. Yeah, for sure. definitely. And at the end of the day, in this day and age, you can't just hope. You need to put in, you need to do something else to not some like you need to find other avenues to get where you want to be. You can't just ex- assume that your agency's and I say this to everyone and said you, you can't just assume that your agency is going to get you the role of, the, of a lifetime you need to yeah. go out there put yourself out there in different ways you know dry do create things like we have phones we have so many things at our um at our just mercy problems. now that we can just like do and take on and take advantage of we don't have phones we don't have these things for no reason we have these things because they're going to give us more opportunities and allow us to um, have more of the control that we probably wouldn't have had or people wouldn't have had back in the day when, you know, there were no phones or anything like that. Yeah, the amount, like, yeah, the the amount of resources we have is actually ridiculous. And the fact Mm -hmm. that a 30-something-year-old can even go back to school and study film and TV, it just kind of shows you that, like, the sky is the limit. Like, the government is helping you do it. Like yep. if you want to go to uni and learn how to write for television, just go do it. Like exactly, <laughs> we are so privileged where we are to we think are. we can do what we do in Australia and have the government pay for it is incredible. So like, there's never an excuse. Yeah. And one of my most hated um, terms and questions I used to hear as an actor all the time that I still hear now is, "Who's your agent? Do they get you work?" It's like you know what? It shouldn't be about that. Yeah, your agent exactly get you auditions. But you, you can't gotta get count. the work. 
Yeah, you got to get the work. You can't count on an agent just to catapult your career. And the same people that ask that question are, still aren't on television. It's like that's why. Yeah. They're not willing to put in the work to actually get that role and, you know, live on neighbours like you do, like you did and, you know, go write a book and have a mental breakdown like I did. I mean, you mm. know, some people just don't work hard enough for it and then think that it's their agent. It's like, no, 100%. if you want something, you got to go out there and get it. Like get your power, find your power and go out and use it. Definitely. Wow. Thank you so much for coming on today. I, I think this is really an empowering talk and it's going to hit anyone that, anyone in general, but if if, if someone is listening and they, they, they want to take a break, I feel like this is the sign, like just take a break. No point yeah. in waiting. Um, but, yes, thank you so much for coming on and I'm so excited to see what you do next and I'm so excited for our collaboration. Very keen for it. Yeah, we're going to we're gonna produce some crazy shit and I cannot wait to see what we can come up with. We are. About that. I'm so <laughs> excited. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me on. This has been fun. I've never been on a podcast before, so this has been interesting. Look at you. I broke your podcast virginity. Ooh, V-card, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Bye. <laughs> All right, see you soon. Bye. Thank you for listening to this podcast. You can find us on whatever podcast platform you use. And whilst you're there, please leave us a comment, review, and subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you.